Welcome, children of the fleece. Raise your hands high and praise be to another episode of the Grog Pod, where we take <laughs> a minute. <laughs> we, we look at roguelike games here, big or small, and, uh, you know, we, we try to do our best divine uh, inspiration of where those games land among the ones that we've reviewed so far. I am your glorious and infallible leader, bringing serenity love and loving serenity scott berger and with me are my podcast apostles uh this is uh will your spider catching cultists in a web and i'm colin i am your cannibal leader i will sacrifice you and eat your flesh Today we are playing the uh, political campaign and NBA venture capital simulator Cult of the Lamb, released August 11th, 2022. Uh, this is a very ubiquitous game, as basically all Devolver games are. You can find it almost everywhere. Steam, GOG, PlayStation of choice, Xbox of Xbox of choice, Nintendo of choice? I guess maybe just on the Switch. Uh, this was developed by Australian-based Massive Monster. Although I guess they have some satellite offices in like Singapore and elsewhere, which is which is interesting, but I think they're mainly based in Australia. Uh, with other previous notable games, such as The Adventure Pals, Never Give Up. Uh, well, I guarantee you've heard of this We're both one. Unicycle, like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unicycle Giraffe, I'm sure you've played. Uh, and then they're, of course, their cult hit, Cult of the Lamb. 2022 wait wasn't a uh, loop hero am I... no 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 yeah that loop hero is uh published by oh. Devolver. so this this okay. it was also published by uh devolver but developed by massive monster a uh, separate studio uh but yeah we have uh we've covered a good chunk of a devolver has kind of put out a good a good number of roguelike games we've already covered like a, a decent chunk of them see our previous episodes on like you said loop hero uh, we just did enter the gungeon, uh, so we're continuing our streak there. But still, for sure, stay tuned with Inscription, Downwell, and Phantom Abyss to round out the uh, the Devolver uh, pantheon there. Uh, Cult of the Lamb uh, rolls in the Mega Church with the number twentieth most twentieth most popular. I, I'm speaking in tongues here. I really, I really just can't be. Uh, be contained 20th most popular roguelike is what the google doc says with 52,477 total reviews Ugh, i just i get up on the stage in front of all all of you beautiful people <laughs> yeah and uh-huh. i just i lose lose my words um will you've just been inducted into a cult and you need to describe this game in one sentence in order to be spared yeah this is a sacrilegious combination of Hades, Binding of Isaac, and Stardew Valley. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's one sentence. I'm actually containing it to one sentence this time, <laughs> but I can expand on that if you want. No, podcast over. I'm okay. Hit the stop record button here. No, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, good, 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 good pod. Good pod. Mm-hmm. 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 
I mean, I, I feel like overall, I mean, that does capture the essence of it. It pulls in a lot of mechanics from those three games. And on top of it, it had it like it kind of like puts them all into this really nice packaging of this this uh this the, the idea of the sacrificial lamb the prophets the the you're getting a bunch of cultists and um this narrative of like freeing this like demigod or i don't know exactly what it was from it's like it's prison and so you're you're the one the the, the kind of narrative is you, you are the sacrificial lamb that can release him and um and so you get his powers when you're killed um, and he, in order to bring you back to life and then you kill off essentially the four guys, the four gods, um, keeping him imprisoned. And, um, yeah, the story is like this twin stick shooter, essentially, where it's like a melee shooter where you're doing kind of like the, the balance of the, the going into the, what do they call it? The crusades kind of like these eight to 15 minute little like combat sessions, essentially with that as very spire like in the way that the map is laid out and that sort of a thing. And then you come back to the town where you're building a uh a cult essentially like you're capturing dudes out in the wild you're bringing them back you're pulling them into your cult you're you know keeping them all happy you're giving sermons and rituals and you're you know well if you're kind of one of those weirdos that likes to decorate you can decorate <laughs> i don't think that's a whole like a waste of big waste of time but um yeah that's the kind of the gist of it um overall so uh, i feel like we should split this into because it, it really is two separate games in my oh. opinion it's mm. the town builder stardew valley simulator with cult and it's the roguelike uh hack and random, slash hack, yeah hack and slash randomly generated dungeon of rooms very very similar to uh uh that one game binding of isaac and pretty similar to uh enter the gungeon except for your weapons or melee weapons um and i feel like they are pretty separate like you get upgrades for one from the other and you get resources from one for the other but like there's not a huge amount of like back and forth between them um yeah. i mean the whole point of the town is just to like help you if you suck at the like the the actual <laughs> crusades because that's all the meta progression that's all the get your power-ups and everything but i think yeah. like if they didn't have like strict constraints uh constraints around like you need to have x number of cultists to progress in like opening up a, a crusade area i'm pretty sure that like someone who's good at this kind of game with like the two or three hearts or whatever you start with and like not having upgraded weapons could just go around and like just destroy everything because it's not actually a super hard game at least from my point of view because unlike binding of isaac you have that dodge roll and dodge mm -hmm. roll in this kind of a game makes it yeah. so so much easier to not get hit and to, to stay alive yeah so i i personally spend a lot of time pondering this game uh because while i didn't like enter the gungeons combat i did like this game's combat and Boy, they feel very like surface level. They look very similar, and I think it's just I. I think while playing it, I realized I just don't like bullets because, <laughs> and I don't like bullet hell. Like uh -huh. I'm not very good at shooting out bullets, and I'm not very good at dodging bullets. Um, so I, like the parts of this game that I disliked the most were the times when it got bullet hell sequence stuff, um, because like you know, I I, I wasn't as good at dodging that. But I really liked the loop of, you know, I I, I got although the, the heavy hammer, the slow hit, really liked the 
roll in and try and hit them right as they're coming into you. Like they're doing their attack and they like move into your strike. I felt like that was a really uh, satisfying play style for me uh, as like a test of like timing game thing. I feel like I had the literally exact opposite reaction where <laughs> like we, I, I had like crossed over that Rubicon with Gungeon. I was like, okay, I see it. I see the light continuing the, uh, the metaphor here that that Gungeon has bestowed upon me. And like everything was falling into place and was clicking and like I was getting all of like learning how all the different guns worked and project like it's it's everything is a projectile. There's no melee combat, like you said. In this, like yeah, like your main attack, they're like they're all melee attacks, and you have like a special that can do like you know ranged things to some degree. But I feel like from my perspective, I just didn't think it was as interesting, where it it felt very much like Dodge roll in, spam, 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 dodge roll out, hit the special, regardless of any weapon I equipped. Yeah, yeah. it was great. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with Scott, and I, I I agree that it is it should be complaints, and I would put that in the complaint category. But well, uh, you you were met on Gungeon. Did you like Did you like the combat here more than Gungeon? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so I, I still I still think it has room for improvement. I thought I sure. think the sequence is Gungeon lowest, then this, and then <laughs> at the peak, <clears throat> at least from the games that I've played, theoretically there's probably some better ones, but Hades is is really the the peak of what sure. this kind of gets to, which is to say like it's a combination of melee and range, and like it has like a, a shield that you use primarily, and you can like do this big charge thing with the shield. There was like a, a bow, there was all kinds mm -hmm. of special moves. It's like that is the peak of this kind of like gameplay, I think. And maybe they didn't want to copy it. Um, I mean, lots of good games copy other games, but I feel like they could have like taken that theme and like pulled it into this game and had like the holy sword of like boomerang throw or something or just like something interesting dynamic so it's not like yep you hit a button and you mm -hmm. smack everything in like this like feel like in the you know 90 degrees in front of you and just like or, oh, oh that over and or over i again. feel like even even like modifications to how you approach melee combat can be can be super interesting even without like explicitly just copy pasting all the the things from the greatest roguelike of all time hades uh like i got like my my initial vibe from this on the crusades aspect was very much like uh legend of zelda where like you're mm, running yeah like, you have a yeah. you have a little dude that runs around and you go slash 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 and like yeah that in uh you know games like link's awakening or link to the past that's basically all that you do but you have a grappling hook you have a shield that you can reflect stuff you have a feather that you can jump over stuff there's there's like lots of other ways that you can modify that kind of combat flow where yeah you you have like the one sword that's just the button mash but like you know do you have one that can like reflect the bolts back at people do you have one that has like a charge attack those kinds of things I felt like the the weapon variety like the melee weapon variety here was disappointingly samey yeah I mean I, it is it is surprising to me that they didn't have a single ranged option um like they had uh, really everything was pretty darn close range mm -hmm. i know um, why i mean like it's, it's it's because the room size they really I've, i'm not sure like which which came first the room size of the weapons but like mm -hmm. all the rooms were extremely small and so if you had a ranged weapon it was like it, it was 
it was awkward and like the the rooms were also shaped too and so it was like it uh didn't uh and like a lot of obstacles in the way sometimes and so it just felt like yeah well the utility of them kind of gets cut down dramatically if you can't actually have the space to use the weapon i kind of want to talk about perception i kind of want to talk about the intro to this game a little bit because i like that that hooked me like like a trout in mating season yeah yeah. super hard just the straw like the first act of this game is by far its strongest like it's a very strong start so our our story with cult of the lamb here begins with a very uh was it 2021 when the dune movie came out but it it like i got like a like a dune drop like right at the start we're like black screen text and like nonsense language saying Praise the lamb, conduit to great power, promised liberator of the one who waits below, yet sacrifice, sacrificial beast. Take heed, for a crowd cannot... <laughs> a crown... It says crowd in the script, but it's crossed out. That's why I got confused. For a crown cannot sit upon two brows. Like, that That kind of just, like, bam, sets the tone of, like, okay, some serious shit's about to go down. And then your your little lamb character is in, like, this terrifying intro sequence where you have like the, the credits going past is very thematic uh, and you're being led down to the sacrificial altar in front of the four uh, bosses that you have to fight for this game. Uh, executioner comes up, drops the ax and surprise you're in some kind of like uh, <laughs> if, if it was appropriate that like uh, light mode IDEs were hell, then this would <laughs> work really well. Uh, you, you're, Sent into a very bright uh, hell-like area to meet the one who waits. Uh, this other kind of um, uh, large boss-looking figure who's wrapped in chains, uh, and you're given their crown and sent back in order to fulfill their requests. Uh, so you get sent back to your their execution chamber and you kill all those guards and you meet a, an NPC who kind of gives you the, the lowdown of of how things are to be done in this game. Uh, and then you this is your tutorial zone. You are fighting through your um, Gungeon, Isaac, the, you know, your procedurally generated bespoke rooms where they are kind of randomly attached to each other we've seen this before in other kind of games here um eventually finding the little mini boss for for this floor uh you fight and kill them and then uh they deconvert from this goofy monster looking thing to a, a cute little farm animal with big cartoon eyes and how would we describe the art style of this game like paper cutout yeah, it's don't it's kind of the don't starve. Yeah. I think they they I think they're the yeah. ones who started. They're like Paper Mario, I think was like the original, like, you know, or maybe not Paper Mario, but it's it's, it's 2D on 3D. It's don't starve if it was a little bit less uh like don't starve is really like everything is wonky angles. It's it's basically don't starve but without the wonky angles, but mm-hmm. still with like the fat lines and the cutesy graphics. Yeah, very cutesy. And like the 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 main characters, the little like the little dance that uh, the lamb is constantly <laughs> doing is one of the biggest selling points in the game. It just like it's back and forth, and it's just so happy. And and yeah. its moods, its moods are always just like this, either super like jubilant and like joyous, or just like extreme fear or anger. It's like that's yeah. all it has. It's extreme, and that I love that juxtaposition. It, it, that was I, really good too. I you know like this feels like the kind of game that like looking at the aesthetics of just the sprite characters alone 
it's like right on the edge of something like, eh, I probably wouldn't like it. But somehow they managed to do it in a way that I really do like. And I think it's helped a lot by the backgrounds Mm. um, are somewhat less cutesy and like very visually interesting. And then also all of the sounds, all of music absolutely slaps. The music in this game is so good. All of the sound effects are amazing. Um, the voices of like that when they do like their uh, Simlish or uh, Animal Crossing whoop, 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 are like really weirdly riveting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that like tripped me into like liking the liking all of it as part of like a whole package of cutesy contrasted with a weirdly serious tone. <laughs> Um, I you know like it works really well. Like really any good well. cult, it's ah. it's drawing you in with its innocence before it drops the hammer on you. With, oh my god, no! Actually, this game is a ton of grinding. Yeah. yeah, I mean the music has been playing in my head constantly for like four <laughs> days because I've been spending so much time in my stupid village grinding out food for my stupid cultists. Mm-hmm. Oh, you chose the wrong ritual then, but uh, it's a I separate mean, thing. <laughs> really, I was trying to take care of my people too much. So I, I feel yeah. like this game, really, really strong start. Pretty, pretty deep hit in the middle. And then the end game starts getting good again. Um, so I'm glad I, I'm glad I ground through the middle part to get to the end because by the end, you're just like, Oh, right. The cultures just don't matter. You just don't care about them so much. Like think, a true cult leader. Yeah. I think like, I don't know if I'm just like trying to be like too empathetic to like these stupid little cartoons that are like, so, so like tutorial zone, you come to your, your, um, cult farm uh colony area management zone which uh i i uh, what did you guys name your cults i went with groglodism for mine so that way i could call I went with cult of the lamb yeah i was i was uh i, <laughs> I didn't, didn't rename care. a single person oh, or okay. thing i don't do um, customization of that i like i like their matter. weird little names of all yeah. the little cult people but so you come to you come to your main camp area, and this is where you can do your um, overworld like region select to go talk to like other NPCs and vendors. You can uh, select options to like build things and have your followers go build them, or like you can join in with the building. Uh, there's cooking stations, so you can make food and there's little like <laughs> uh, action mini games uh, for cooking the food question mark uh this is where you also indoctrinate followers that you find out on your crusades um and then you have the probably the two biggies are the shrine where you get your divine inspiration unlocks which allow you to build more stuff uh and those are the things that all of your little little dudes are praying to and your temple which is where you do your sermons rituals and doctrines which God, if I didn't write these down, there would be no way for me to remember like what the difference between any of these were. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I had to I had to call in the big guns and have Will like grade <laughs> my streaming for this because I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Like, I built a bunch of stuff. Like, I threw a bunch of lanterns down because that seemed like a good idea, and all my followers are unhappy. And Will was like, oh my god, what are you doing? You didn't. 
everyone's just starving. There's poop everywhere. There's no faith because he's oh not giving any sermons. He just, Fucking... it's just like he didn't even like read any of the text. I mean, as some of the complaints about what we've done in the past for other games. Oh yeah, well, you didn't <laughs> read the thing. Well, of course you don't know how it works. I mean, I thought it was following the directions because I figured that me, a an omnipotent, uh, or maybe well, I don't know. Like you're 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 not the god. You're just his. Uh, you're the prophet. I think. You're, you're the, yeah, you're, you're the, the prophet. prophet. Uh, you're you're the, you're the body. Jesus to the god. You're the body of the one who waits. Um, but I felt like, not. and they're the blood that you are going to sacrifice and drink. <laughs> Your cultists. I mean, I'm I'm amazed that there was so much manual, um, like uh, what's what's the Starcraft Chores? word for it? Like like manual uh, APM for like micro, yeah, APM just micro clicks on things on yeah. yeah micromanagement for stuff i'm like okay i'm supposed to be like an omnipotent uh being here to some degree why am i the one that's cooking food for everyone and like picking up their poop and stuff like where's the building for me to unlock to have it auto do this yeah picking up their their poop is the stupidest part of this game <laughs> like i hate it yeah what i hate it i i hate it on a a conceptual level yeah i hate it just i think it's stupid and i don't want it i i, I wear like even if it was something else that was exactly the same like i just would prefer a different mechanic it just feels stupid to me i was uh watching some like various speedrunners of this game because i wanted to know like okay the critical path to like finishing this game how necessary is this colony management part? And Will, I think you were saying like, it's basically superfluous. Like you basically don't need it at all. Like if you're good enough at the hack and slash combat, like the colony management part is almost meaningless. I, I, I didn't actually get to, I know we talked about it, but I never actually watched the speed run. I should actually do that. But like, what was the, well, I'm just curious. What did that path look like? Is it like, uh, or what did they cut out that surprised you the most? Uh, they, they basically didn't do anything with the colony like at all like all they would do is just go on a crusade and farm followers to meet the requirement mm -hmm. to unlock a new level so yep. uh so your various biomes here your 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 overall end goal here is to kill the the four main mini bosses each one in a different biome uh like a woodsy biome or like a summer forest an autumnal forest an underwater realm and a, like a twilight cave very cool um art designs for each of these but uh, they have follower requirements where in order to almost kind of like um, Mario 64, uh, yeah. like, mm, like yep. star unlock requirements, yep. um, <laughs> you must be this many followers high in order to pass. Uh, and then you're able to unlock that zone, uh, go in and start a crusade. And what a crusade is, you know, we've touched on this in earlier is it's that kind of like randomized, like. FTL style branching tree. And no, 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 no. It's spire like. That is the term. And I think we got to attribute it to slay the spire. It's no, a... FTL invented it. It's an FTL like. Uh, sorry. Uh, so branching anyway, you, branching you, tree. You, you pilot your spaceship through the summer forest along these different paths. Um, and you you can like come across different nodes that are like oh this gives you like resources this is a combat one this is one that gives you a follower this one gives you tarot cards or you know things to kind of like meta progress in a way um and so coming back to the speedrun bit like the speedrunner guy would just like he would just go in like 
get the man or get the follower get out and just like turn that crank as fast as he possibly could just so we could like okay all right go to the biome each biome by the way you have to you have to beat the a mini boss for four times before you right. fight the major boss boss three, three mini bosses in each biome and then the major boss of that biome okay yeah that's correct um which also like a, feels like additionally more grindy than it needs to be um the first time i went through i'm like okay may, like i guess we'll see where this is going um so the speedrunners would would go through they would like collect followers and then like anytime that they would come to come back to camp like you know follower awaits indoctrination they would walk over to the thing and it was like literally like two or three minutes non-stop of like follower pops up you know like random like clicking through the uh next 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 button to like follower 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 and yep. it was just like a constant stream of them until he had enough he's like all right now I'd go to the next one I'm like man even from like a speed run perspective that doesn't really seem that fun <laughs> no i mean yeah. each one of those little anime like the first time i think everyone's right here with like the first time you see any of the, the new things and like oh it seems really cool like that little like the the, the when you're actually indoctr indoctrinating someone they like come up through this little portal and they look all scared and they're like you know please let me join you i'll be a good and then you're just like yes you know you're this kind of a in your your god mode um of your your lamb state and you like indoctr you like say the magic words essentially and you like float up in the air it's a very cool thing and then you have to wait and and go through that so so many times and that's like and that's what it is just to even talk to someone it's like you walk up to them and suddenly it like it slows down into this like really clunky menu or like mind read and there's like all these little options you want to like inspire people in the beginning you're like oh i need to inspire people right. all mm -hmm. the time i need to make right. sure when that you're inspiring things. three people is not hard when you're trying to inspire 20 people oh, individually oh. go to every single one of them. Well, like, I mean, like you is... can, they group together. I think they've finally understood that. Oh yeah. yeah got, but like, that's the so concept stupid. Of it. That's so stupid. There and needs like... to be like, like a click drag, like, oh, like there's an element here where like an RTS would like, really help the UI. I feel like just like click drag all followers. Like, okay, now you are, uh, everyone yeah. go mine. All right. Now everyone go chop lumber. Well, I think, I think it's a common, like, fault of this game is that you can't like the first part's good and then you can't skip through it once you, the novelty is worn off so when i was fighting the last boss um uh it took me like four tries and you cannot skip the cutscene. no you can't and like it's like really the last like the final final boss fight or well i don't whatever the i mean how much all right well, here is for spoilers. Uh, eventually, you fight the uh, the like the one who waits, and then after that, there's more stuff that you can do, and you can do. It's not the final final boss, I don't think. But anyway, fighting the one who waits, um, you can't cut, you can't skip through the cutscene, and you have to listen to like them tell you the same things over and over. It's like, oh, this guy's gonna come out, and he says he doesn't even say something different. It's the same thing each time. I. Wait a minute. Actually, well, I, I think that if you die different. and you go back to like I'm pretty like the little bishop dudes, I'm pretty sure that was there was a way to like go speed through that. Like okay, there was well, a lot maybe... of slowness to like the getting like getting there, and there were areas that you couldn't skip. But like some things, they actually sped up. I, I don't know if it's like an option menu because I did see the speedrunner guy. Like that dialogue was whizzing fast. Like okay. there was maybe I maybe I just didn't attempt hard enough to <laughs> to go fast through that but like smash that a button i just button. wanted to click a faster and have it be like skip 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 skip, 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 skip. and i'm like i mean like and it does the it does the full like 
boss intro animation where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you fall into the thing and the room goes dark and then something, 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 and some eyes pop up. And it's like, it's not that long, but it's like 10, 15 seconds of being like, cool, I've seen this. I saw it like 10 minutes ago. You should just beat him the first time, duh. Actually, it took me I'm five not, tries, so I'm, I'm so, not uh, good. Oh, oh, terrible that you, you beat me. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know how. It was like four or five. Mm. Um, uh, honestly, the, I, the most trouble I had was with the second boss hmm. for some reason. Uh, I just couldn't beat his stupid, weird crab or whatever it was. I don't remember. Um, and I, then I had to go back and grind the, the followers more. And that was the start of the like grind. Cause I think I had just been trying to not engage with the the follower stuff as much and then i had to go grind because i'm not actually good at video games and then i was like oh this game must be like you have to get good and then i ground for a long time and then i cruised through the rest of the game with no problem but related to follower management and kind of like god games to some degree like i'm i'm like just barely getting my pinky toe wet with rim world you two are both rim world oh. fans oh that's in my this, notes. I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, to, to be able to start anew and know <laughs> nothing about RimWorld. Wow. It feels like the the colony sim aspect here could could be um I don't know, like there's there's something like a little bit of spice from RimWorld put in here, a little bit of spice from Stacklands previous episode. Mm-hmm. A little bit of grind that pepper grinder, just a little bit of war sim in here for the colony bits. And I feel like that's that's what's missing out of the stew for me is like there's which, which part all of like all of those things. Like, I don't oh, okay. I don't know exactly what I'm what I want out of it, but I want like just shake a shake a shake a little bit of rim world, like give it a little taste. Is that does that make it better? I don't know. Like, I feel like the, the little pawns like running around doing their things and you telling them roughly what to do and each one having like their own kind of system of feelings and you're trying to keep them happy and things happen like this game makes me want to play RimWorld more as someone that (laughs) hasn't really like dabbled in it much to this degree yet if that makes sense I mean, it should be 90% RimWorld, like 10% Dwarf Fortress. I think that's really... But I mean, then it becomes a different game. Right. And uh, and actually, I, I... I think it should be... I mean, so I think that you're missing the key that's Stardew Valley because it's basically Stardew Valley with followers. My mistake. Yes, that's that's correct. Like, uh, I wanted the pawns... It, this felt to me too much like Stardew Valley, but you have to feed a horde of hungry followers. When I wanted it to be Stardew Valley, but you've brainwashed people into harvesting all the crops for you uh-huh. and also be- some of them becoming your wife maybe maybe many of them um <laughs> i mean to be fair all that stuff is in this game it is as, as is but you but can't you have to unlock it of course like, that way you have to automate it, it the, takes uh... too long to get to the the, right. like, the true true automation like i wanted it to be automated earlier automation like, should be like step one or, or like step step two like step one i feel like you know oh like the the uh the prophet is working in the fields with me oh i feel so inspired oh that like that feels like thematically kind of appropriate for for like a brainwashing simulator type game um but after that like look i'm a prophet i'm a busy man i gotta go run to political conferences i have uh people i have to bribe and i need money so 
I'm busy all the time. I can't chop down lumber. Like I can't cook food for all you. I can't pick up your own guys' food. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Delegate. Yeah, I think, the, I think the automation was a little too slow. Yeah. And then like that ended up being all of the end game colony management stuff was just like getting to the automation. And it's like, okay, cool. Now you're you're the, the end game was where I felt like the middle game should be. And then there wasn't the end game. Like you built a statue and it's like, cool. There's a statue now. <laughs> so like I don't like uh, I don't I don't know what like what the, the true end game for the village simulator is. It's probably worth noting that when this game launched, like it did receive some criticism of like, eh, it seems kind of kind of light on content. And yeah. I don't like I don't know if that's true. I think it's more light oh, it on is. like gameplay, like this this will sound harsh, like sound interwoven gameplay mechanics. Uh, mm -hmm. that like that it, it just I don't know if that's something that you can plug in to fix all these disparate systems. But I know um, that they they, they, had... they have had they have had so far one content update, uh -huh. and they have two more planned in the pipe still. I believe. Okay. Now I yeah. don't know. Like I don't know what your guys's take is on like. What do you want to see out of those two content updates? I know Will has an opinion on this. Go yeah. for it. Uh, well, okay. So I've got a list of what, like, wolf one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things. But I'll, okay, the two <sighs> things top of mind without actually like reading everything in my list here are one is Haiti style weapons. Like you just the weapon system is just too bad right now. I, that's that's got to be fixed. Give me like boomerangs. Give me things that are like ricochet eye things. Give me like just more in like give me something interesting. I don't want the same weapon that, at different speeds essentially. You know what I want? This is sorry. I'm going to derail you. I want a, a, a weapon where it's just you get horns and you ram stuff. Ooh. Brilliant. See, you should you should be on the team. That's that's great. Yeah. All right. Um, Second thing, and this is the thing that I think will really transform the way the game works in a really positive way, uh, and it steal it does steal from RimWorld, um, but it isn't the calling management side of it. It's the raid side of it, the tower defense side of it. Like mm -hmm. as soon as oh. your as soon as your colony suddenly you care about your colonists that like oh yeah this guy right here he's the one that's like the really the strong guy that's going to be the melee guy you're going to have like you're going to set up automated turrets you're going to like set up like little towers or like little moats or pits punji sticks like you're you're going out there and fucking up these these deities and they have all these followers and it takes you four times going in there obviously they know you're coming and they're going to be like well the best way the best defense is a good offense and they're going to send hordes at you mm -hmm. and so to balance out the the kind of the going out on the crusades with the coming back with mm -hmm. all these resources and building up your defenses just seems to make a lot of sense and it just would make that you care a lot more about yeah the, i like that a lot actually i know i'm just I'm, i should be making these games i know i'm just a, the game genius over here and that could be a good resource suck for a lot of things and then the end game is like you being able to like maybe it's by the time you're at the end game you don't have to be there for those raids anymore which lets you just go crusade all the time but like in the beginning you you're like the main defender of the cult kind of thing yeah i do have a note written in my google doc here of like it seems like a missed opportunity to not be able to send like your your brainwashed followers out on crusades for you or like join you or like do some kind of like militaristic indoctrination or something like that. They have that. You didn't progress that far, I think. Really? OK. Yeah, you get the you can you can have their souls be possessed by demons and then they come along with you. But I felt like I, I didn't really I didn't love that mechanic. Um, 
it felt like they were pretty small boosts, which yeah. is good because it, actually like having a follower is annoying. And I don't think that you like, as Will said before, I don't think there's physically room to add much more onto a map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those rooms but... are compared to Gungeon, like these rooms are what, like a third of the size, a fourth of the size even. Yeah, you can like fit them on the screen. Yeah. Which yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it I, does I do... kind of, yeah, it, it's not terrible. It's just it, it's a it's a restriction on how you can build it. Right, and I think like I like Will's idea a lot more than like the note that I have written down of like, oh, I should send my cru- you know, my followers out on Crusades, Door Fortress style. Like, I like that tension of the like the idea of the tension of like, okay, I'm going to go out on a crusade. There's the risk that my base might get invaded or something like that. But, Right. Or maybe you have to, maybe it's, it is in the process of being invaded and you're like, I could try to finish the crusade, keep all of my resources and then go back or go back now, lose a bunch of the resources that I've gained, but defend the colony. Like just there, there, it seems like there wasn't enough interaction between the uh, roguelike element and the village building element. Right. And yeah, I have like another note that I have just below that is the death loop part of this seems like ironically backwards from like a cult perspective where like you'd think that like if your prophet died and literally came back right in front of you like that would just deepen all of the followers resolve right instead of like having them like lose faith and i think like you lose resources too on a failed crusade and all that yeah, it, you, it, lose. It, you lose surprisingly little actually i think it's it was like a, a percent of the whole and like i know uh, um during the the summer stale, I got these thirteen games, and one of them was is a uh, what is it? Uh, um, Doug the or the, was it something the diver the Dave, Dave the diver Dave the diver <laughs> yeah I just forgot the name over but like the, the one of the the interesting things about that is that like if you die while you're out on your you know similar to a crusade mm-hmm. you bring back one item. And mm. so you lose like everything except, and that's, I think that's because like you might get a quest item and they don't want you to lose that. Mm-hmm. But like in this game, it's like, yeah, you lose like, I don't remember I exactly what it was. 25%. 25%. It should be that you keep 25%. Uh, yeah, it did mm. feel like, wow, you're, they really don't punish yeah. you much at all for death. And so, I mean, not that you die very much, at least I, I did the, the recommended normal difficulty. And I feel like that was probably a mistake in hindsight, but um, I think, I think, uh, I didn't I died once to see what would happen if I died like during the entire game up until the and fi- the final fight where I died um four times before beating him on the fifth. So it's yeah. uh yeah, death is not uh, not a big deal at all in this game, which I mean yeah. I guess thematically makes sense, right? I mean, you're you've got this deity that like will not let you die that just keeps bringing you back and then just yeah. like yeah, I'm kind of like the that... Hades style like yeah, you, you just get brought back again so so later in the game you unlock the ability to um if you die on your crusade you can sacrifice one of your followers to um like resurrect and continue that fight Hmm. uh i feel like that should be a base part of the game and it should be a non-negotiable you have to like if you lose if you die during one of your raids Mm. your, your crusades i think one of your followers should die and you are like that's how you're resurrected i like that it's in in like the actual like village at all so like you you know it's 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 like oh that's how you're resurrected because it also just felt like oh the guy's just like bringing you back or something and then it would it would kind of drive the you have to uh you have to make your village better in order so that you aren't like losing your followers like you could get into a death spiral kind of thing 
Yeah, I think that would that's a, a good way to kind of keep that focus back on your followers again. That'd be um, thematic. That's true, yeah. Um is is the the biome like the boss biome progress here? Like so far, we've seen a lot of games where it's very sequential, where it's like, okay, you're going through act one, then act two, then act three, then act four, or floor one through floor four on a single run. Whereas with this, it's like, okay go into floor one complete complete oh I'll come back to that later oh maybe i'll go into like act act two biome two kind of thing complete complete come back to it later would this be better if they were forced to be sequential like in slay the spire or ftl where like you have to go through biome one and like obviously not doing like the four-part routine but like go through biome one beat that boss then you have to fight and kill the boss of biome two and progress that way would that be any better in 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 that's my view, pretty much right. how I did Does it. it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I did it. I wanted to finish out an area while I still had all our attacks like memorized and like and then do the next one, memorize patterns and move on. Like it didn't make a difference like from the the game's point of view, like the order in which you did things. It like it, it made a difference for like the resources you got to some extent, but those resources are like the unique ones that can only be spent in the like in the overworld in the like specific area you unlocked like um what was it like the mushroom area being unlocked the sea area so if you got like mushrooms you could spend them at the, like that was a super lame aspect of it and that's kind of like that that really is the only reason i wanted to focus on one area first is so that mm -hmm. i could finish an area and never go back there because there was no reason to and just kind of check that off as to do's unless you need yeah. lumber you need those sweet lumber drops. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, I managed my, my villagers well enough that I never <laughs> needed to worry about that. Like uh -huh. Some people here. I mean, you uh, can still get sweet lumber drops in all of the biomes. So, mm -hmm. uh, Will, talk to me about this uh, ML model about uh, for knuckle bones that you built. Oh, I didn't actually build Wait, it. What? I... <laughs> so, oh yeah, the, the okay, yeah, no, it's, it's it's good that you bring up knuckle bones, um, which is the the mini game. Which some some games out there have really great mini games. Like, um, obviously, I think the the one that comes to mind is like Witcher's Gwent, and like how I essentially only played Witcher to play Gwent because I <laughs> thought that was the most fun mini game ever. And um, in like a Kingdom, uh, um, uh, what is it, Kingdom Come something, uh, Deliverance? No, King yeah, yeah. That, that sounds right. There's there's a um a dice rolling game that's um I'm forgetting the name of uh, a Farble Fable Farkle Farkle yeah yeah and that was like a fun mini game I I mean like it was entertaining yeah. to some degree in or this game War Sim which literally you only played oh, yeah. the mini game <laughs> right, you didn't yeah, even that's... engage with the real game at all <laughs> that, that's true the mini game was the game for me like in this and so when I got to this and I was still like getting into the game I got the intro so you know I'm still like learning everything all this like everything feels so good I'm feeling like oh my goodness this is gonna be an 8.9 a 9.0 game I just I'm so excited right now and then they introduce a dice rolling mini game I'm like oh my my goodness this is gonna be great and i get into it and and and, and to be honest like it's um it has a surprising amount of depth to it it's just a simple like uh, um rolling one die at a time back and forth and build building out like not, like the first to finish a set of nine dies essentially um uh, uh or not the first to finish but that's ends the game and the ones with the highest score wins and there's like a bunch of like you know an adding system i'm not gonna explain all the rules to this but i got like I money I was money tight in the beginning and I was just like oh my goodness if I, if I can solve this puzzle of like how to optimize this game I can just get tons and tons of money and then I won't then I I love breaking the game and like that was my goal and so I was like I was starting to build out like okay let's 
I want to build a, a model that will have optimal play and I'm going to have it do simulations. I'm going to have it do some, I'm always going to build in some reinforcement learning so that I could be like, okay, I'm going to have agents training against each other just and just see what happens. And that way I can just be like, oh, tell me what optimal play is because it's not super obvious. And I like watched some tutorials online and like people are like coming up with these principles, which were okay or not like they weren't mm -hmm. i couldn't tell like statistically speaking if they were actually accurate it just like yeah this seems right so i'll do that that was kind of like the gist of it i'm like that's yeah. unsatisfying i want the statistic and then and then i got a ritual what I, the ritual which is like you ask all your your dudes for money and then suddenly i had more money than i knew what to do with and i mm -hmm. could use that ritual whenever i needed money yeah essentially and so the idea of optimizing this money hundred coins huh wow. I had 1400 coins at one point. Right, exactly. And so it was just like, it really ruined any motivation to build that out. And I just like, totally, it sucked. So like the rituals are the most overpowered, stupid thing <laughs> in the game. That's like, if you are terra bad at the game, if you have one brain cell, then yeah, use those things to help mm -hmm. you out because you don't have to feed your villagers. You don't have to like do anything to manage their like their 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 um their faith. Um, you can get all the money you need from them. Uh, it's just you can kill off the old people. You can kill off old people. You can, it's you can bring people back from the dead if you didn't want them to die. Like it's all just, it's uh, yeah. it's 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 a, it's a dumb. Or, I, I think it's a dumb mechanic. Like, I understand why they did it, but they need to like figure out a way to balance it better because they mm -hmm. really they ruined what could have been a really fun <laughs> mini game and like a really fun coding thing for me. Also, sidebar, Will, I think they patched out the uh, your metagame exploitation strategy in Warsim by just like constantly betting in the arena. Because I went back and I was I was like trying to do that. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's let's because my goal was like, okay. There's something here with like colony sim differences between like this game, Stacklands, and War Sim. Let's go back to War Sim and just kind of like screw around for a little bit and see what happens. And I was like, all right, let's let's do the will method. Like go all in on you know the fighter that's obviously gonna win. And spoiler alert, the peasant beat the the fire berserker goblin. But anyway, uh like the the arena runs out of money now. And now like I can't just like constantly keep like pumping money into to the like, arena ran out before too did it yeah like every turn you there was just, a limit and you, the you goal was to, to maximize get, it you have to invest back in the arena in order to have have more money yeah there's certain perks to increase the arenas like uh size um and the amount of uh like the amount of uh wealth or the turns i don't remember the details but mm -hmm. so okay. yeah you have to do a little bit of investment early on and that was like the on the critical path to earning massive amounts of money yeah well i think there's still like there's elements of like i also <laughs> I also booted back up Stacklands because I'm like, okay, like farming, like management kind of like goofiness simulation stuff here. Uh, I wound up accidentally forgetting to feed my my one villager that I had and he died and I lost on like turn one in <sighs> Stacklands somehow. But like I went back to those to kind of figure out like, okay, what what did those games have that were good that was, was kind of missing from here? And I feel like the... The delegation and automation aspects are sorely missing where yeah. like i as as the godhead like it's it's fine to like be involved in the drudgery of you know the masses for the first couple uh i don't know days or so of the game but like establish those treadmills and like just yeah. let those paper clips print themselves it's anti-thematic yeah. for you to be harvesting stuff after like the early game 
Yep. I think I think that they really could have just stolen like just straight up stolen the colony manager from from RimWorld because that that is just like here's a here here are like all the tasks and you can like prioritize them too. It's just simple one two three or you can I think it was just like on or off would even be fine. But just I don't want to have to run around and talk to every single cultist. I want to manage that from a menu and then have them look at my bulletin board because I'm the cult leader <laughs> and I just like say this is what you're doing now and like oh uh, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe uh. Maybe when you give your sermon, rather than it just being like a sermon where nothing happens, you just give a sermon and they love you more. Maybe mm. that's when you, maybe you can only set your priorities once a day. Yeah. And it's during your sermon and you're convincing them, hey guys, today's the day you're going to farm real good for the glory of me. Got to farm those leader beans. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else we have? We have to say about lambs and cults. Uh, thoughts on the characters, maybe? Like any, any thoughts on like the, the the introduction of like uh, fisherman fish, um, the little mushroom dudes, or um, any of those things? Or the gold, uh, the gold, the, the Midas area, which is I thought something... the um, the the interaction that I had the fisherman guy was was fun and interesting, and like again very kind of emblematic of this game like once once you've seen it it's like oh uh, i don't really know if i really want to come back to this like yeah doing the fishing mini game like talking like again art design art style art direction incredible like top of the line like talking to the fisherman guy he had like this really hilarious like uh banjo kazooie if like there were like subtonal glottal stops as he was talking yeah. i'm like this his is like re- his insistence that he wasn't a fish <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's really funny like it's it's really engaging but there's there's like an aspect of like okay well why should i come back here later that in games like like legend like uh legend of zelda links awakening link to the past like there's there's like these subtle um like overworld things that happen like oh like by interacting with this person, it allows like some other aspect of interacting with another NPC to unlock. And there's like those interesting interactions there. But I so like again in the five or six hours that I put into it so far, I haven't really been hooked by that yet. Uh, I did the fishing mini game for a little bit. I'm like, eh, okay, this is fun. But like again, I'm just like grinding was resources. It fun? Was it fun? Like it was did you fun. Ever it was fun. It was fun for the first five minutes, and then I'm like, it was oh. novel. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's more accurate. It was novel. And going and like lighting the lighthouse thing, I'm like, oh, that's novel. Um, and I get there was like some like fox NPC that I was able to talk to, or like dog guy at, um, at night that I talked to. I'm like, this is interesting. Um, but man, just like the the resource grinding really grinds my gears, and really like again, if I was just like had a button to say followers, just mine all this stuff for me, and like grow your own food and clean up your own poop treadmill it and automate it from like even just like the tier two level upgrades i would be much more convinced to, to jump back in because then i don't have to worry about that stuff you really need to do go back you need to play factorio i think that would really solve all of your <laughs> yeah, needs i mean like this again I, I can't i can't go too deep into factorio because i know i will never see the light of day ever again mm, will is that's the problem yes yeah uh, i guess that's that's fair enough fair enough like once <laughs> Like, just give me some conveyor belts to put followers on and have, like, the little robot arm put them into the the chest for, for resources. Like, I don't, like, 
Yeah, I can I can mine coal by hand for fun for like the first 10 minutes. No problem. I can set up the automated drillers. No problem. Just give me that treadmill to do so. Yeah. And I'll say you said that you, you went to uh, five, five or six hours or something like that. Yep. You're halfway I, through. Yeah. So like thir 13 hours was the total time I put into the game. And that's including like time that I just left it running where I did the other stuff. Um, yeah. So. But I mean, like with the speedrunner, I watched like the end cinematics. And I'm just like, oh, you're. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like there's no reason. Yeah, there really is no after you, I'd say after I, you yeah. beat the first, second boss or the first boss, first and a half, like you've got the idea and it's yeah. just that on repeat. Yeah. It's grinding that. Yeah, I think they. I think the gameplay becomes a little bit more enjoyable near the end of it, but it's not substantially different. Right. Mostly, I mean, it's just you stop caring about. Yeah, it, it, you you have the rituals to make it so easy to do the follower management that you can't lose. You're just like, oh, they're unhappy. Well, I'll just do the thing that makes them drugged and they're at 100 percent happy yeah that's for room, two days. room one that was a good one yeah way over <laughs> just like well there you go uh they're not unhappy anymore i don't have to worry about it i'll go back to, to fighting monsters i might be convinced to come back if like the next two content updates yeah like change like the metagame substantially like there is post there is post I, I mean, I think technically we're probably only like halfway through the content after you beat the final boss. Like you have the whole, you know, play all of them again and you mm. get them as your followers and blah, blah, blah. But Wait, like, what? Yeah. You can go through all of the biomes again when now they're harder and then you get the, the like, the monsters as your followers the, or the, the god people as your followers. Oh, man. No, as soon as I beat the but, main guy, I thought that was I'm the not... end of it and I was glad to be done. TV yeah, off. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I wow. feel like I've, I've scratched that itch, as it were. Um, so, but yeah, maybe if they come out with more content and they made the rest of the game. Also, I had literally maxed out all the trees. Me too. So yeah. it was like, there's no other progress on this front. It would just be more fighting and the fighting was fine, but not quite enough to like keep going. So do we want to do scores? Yeah, let's let's jump into rankings. I'll go first this time because I think I'm gonna be the biggest downer. Um yeah, I think like the the metagame is the toughest part for me. Like the I think the story premise is great. Excellent art design. Uh the music, really good. Knuckle bones, really fun minigame. If that was like uh Gwentified to like other NPCs, and like again, this this isn't like it's so easy for me to say, yeah, just make the game into Legend of Zelda. Easy. All of your problems are solved. But like, instead of having the separate, uh, even, I don't know, like the separate biomes that you walk to, to like the different NPC vendors, there's, there's some, there's some thematic overlap there with like different biomes from like Link to the Past or Link's Awakening that like is, is close. Like it's, it's touching those two, like the neurons are like so close to each other, but like they're not overlapping quite yet. Um, I think I'm going to I'm going to ape a a George Carlin uh stand up routine here for for my final ranking. Um the lamb has actually convinced people that there's an omnipotent spirit living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day and the spirit has a special list of 10 things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these 10 things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever until the end of time. But he loves you. 
He loves you and he needs lumber. He always <laughs> needs lumber. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing and all wise, but somehow he just can't handle lumber. And that's why it is my uh, 14th ranked game below fights in tight spaces and just ahead of stack lands out of the 27 re reviewed so far. I think this game like is like better design. Well, is more like, a higher production value than Stacklands, which, like, again, kind of punching above its weight. But uh, I just was, I'm I'm waiting for that hook, and that hook hasn't gotten me there yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next, and I'll say that uh, I had that hook. I had the strong hook. I would say that it, like, based off the first quarter or third of the game, I would have put it like probably number four or five. Um, and then the mid game just ground. It was a lot of grinding. Um, the, I felt uh, emotionally unable to just not manage my followers. Like I'm too much of a completionist and like knowing that th they were there and uh, got to do the thing every day. Got to make sure that the sermon, they got to talk to all the people. And then uh, once I stopped loving my followers and started just sacrificing them and eating their their dead bodies um, as a cannibal, uh, I enjoyed the last of it uh, more. Um, definitely things to work on or things things that could be made better. I will. I don't know if I'll play it again once the new content stuff comes out, but I'll definitely like check in on it because I'll be curious how they weave more content in it does feel a little bit content light at the moment but it feels like there's a lot of room that they could add stuff in like there's other games where it's like oh this game wasn't great and i don't really know how they would add more stuff in to make it better this feels like it is uh a blossoming flower that could grow into an even more awesome blossoming flower um so i i'm putting it by number nine out of 27 so pretty pretty solidly up there. I think it's definitely still in my like recommend category. Like I still think uh, it's a very good game. I think if you're going to go play it, just don't care about your followers so much in the mid game. You don't need to. It, you don't have to grind if you don't want to. And that but, but I think so that cute. less. They're so I cute. Know. I can't. I can't make them cry. Yeah, well, that'll be fine. <laughs> I think I think once you start killing them, that's when you realize, oh yeah, I actually don't care about them. Yeah. Once you can't remember what their names are anymore, because yeah. you have 20 of them. So yeah. Probably they should have named them all after the people I know. That way, you know, when they actually got killed by something, you know, uh by you know, getting a disease or something, I'd be like, oh no, Scott's dying of like uh, a cholera. No, that, that would terrible. make you sacrifice me much faster. Yeah, it it's, it's true. Yeah, actually, because you're like, no, you're cold a week. Cold a week. Yeah, actually, I just I, I just updated mine. I realized I, I think I rated it early on um, before I actually finished it. And um, uh, I think not so early on that I was in the first third, but I, I had it at a 7.5. And that 0.5 makes a difference because there's a lot of games I have at 7.5. I just knocked it down to a 7 out of 10. And uh, in our rankings, then, that makes it in ninth place. And um, and so just let's see. Uh, that means it's uh, slightly ninth place worse for you, though, because uh, I just had to update the Google sheet and it dropped the average rank from it didn't it didn't drop the average rank that bad. It was at 10 and then dropped down to 11 afterwards. OK, yeah. So that's yeah. that seems about right. 
Um, yeah, but like Binding, because I, I was looking at like Binding of Isaac Rebirth, and I had that as seven point five. That is a better game. It's not like it's it it doesn't have as much production value, but it has better like the synergy building while mm-hmm. you're on a run matters. That is a huge source of fun for me. Like I I just went through uh, Luck Be a Landlord. And that game is just the <laughs> distillation of synergy building as fast as you can. And like an almost feels like an auto battler. And like, yep, that that for me, that was a nine out of 10 game. Just just, just as a that's that was a that's a been a really fun game, um, by the way. But stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, well, oh, yeah, I guess that, that would fit into the category. It would. Game. Yeah. Like, oh, I just spoiled it. Oh, well. um, but Bunny, yeah, so that was a good game. FTL, also better. Fights and Tights Spades is better. These are all 7.5s. Um, Hand of Fate 2. And then, like, what's worse is, like, Streets of Rogue and, uh, well, uh, Stack, Stacklands I do I have is worse as well. So, yeah, I think we all kind of, like, somewhat agree here, it looks like, in terms of the yeah. rankings. And I'm going to come back to, like, what the game needs is Hades-style weapon. Not only the weapon selection, but the synergy building as you go on a run. Because... As you're going out, all you're doing is selecting different weapons that are just slightly more powerful. Like there's no synergies at all. And then having like the raid style kind of maybe tower defense sort of thing um, on your on your base. There's a lot of other things, but I think those two things would really bump it up into the 8.59 category like I initially thought it might land because uh, it's got such a strong narrative. It's got such a strong uh, style to it. I love that stuff. And then they just kind of decided to go eh, with like some of the core gameplay mechanics. So to get at least a, a six on Will's list, it have to has to involve uh, you being the Satan figure, you killing God, and some kind of anti-biblical imagery. That stuff that stuff helps a lot for me. If, yeah, killing God <laughs> is a, a strong theme in my life in general, and so yeah, that that works for me. All right, well, so Cult of the Lamb rolling in at eleven out of our twenty-seven here. Um, let's. Uh, I'll I'll try to power through these as as fast as i can here uh we do have been putting this off for a little while but our uh our fan letters uh <laughs> coming in uh, off of our shattered pixel dungeon episode uh that we got a while back i did want to to carve out some time to 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 talk to them because we did have a lot of a lot of feedback from that episode so uh our first letter is from Evan Debenham, the uh, uh, actual lead dev of Shattered Pixel Dungeon. Uh, the first time so, uh, a developer has thought our podcast worthwhile enough to write in, uh, <laughs> says, Hey, GrogPod, I listened to your podcast episode recently. Thanks for taking the time to try Shattered Pixel Dungeon. I wanted to make a few questions slash comments about some of the things you guys mentioned in the podcast. As some of you said, a lot of the feedback I get is from the perspective of players who are experienced with Pixel Dungeon or traditional roguelikes in general, so a truly outside perspective is quite valuable. Shattered is meant to be more approachable in comparison to other roguelikes, so appealing to new players is something that I want to do. Uh, These are the four main things I wanted to mention. Regarding tutorialization, I noticed none of you mentioned the very short guided tutorial at the start of the game, or the guidebook that that this tutorial points you towards. Was this something that you all skipped over, or were they not very helpful? The guidebook in particular is meant to be a reference that replaces a longer guided tutorial, as a lot of players don't appreciate having to do uh, a tutorial for more than half a minute or so. Uh, Agreed on that part. Uh, At least, uh, point number two, at least one of you lamented that there was no story of the game. I do fully admit that the heroes in particular have almost no story currently. This is something that I plan to improve. But the dungeon itself does have quite a bit of descriptive story slash lore text. 
Did you notice that the text or did you or did you notice that text or did you feel like it wasn't really communicating the story? The criticism of, quote, no motivation to find the amulet uh, is meant to be addressed by those texts, albeit in a more general sense. Um, regarding decision making, I think this is a pretty fair criticism of the game. There is a lot going on and a generally a run is made up of a huge pile of little decisions rather than a small number of bigger ones. Uh, it's worth noting that as you become more experienced in the game, those little decisions start to be more and more clear, but I absolutely agree. It does not feel that way at the start. Lastly, regarding meta progression elements, this one's pretty simple. If I added them, I would be changing the genre of the game. Shattered is meant to be a proper traditional roguelike, not a roguelite as Binding of Isaac, Darkest Dungeon 1 or 2, etc. I know the genre difference is not always apparent to newcomers, though, and so it often ends up feeling like Shattered just doesn't have a fun feature that is present in a lot of other similar games. I do try to alleviate this a bit by having some by having meta progression that isn't gameplay impacting though, such as finding lore text or unlocking new heroes, all of which are pretty easy to unlock. I don't want to take too much of your time, but if you have any thoughts regarding these points, I'd be happy to hear it. Best, Evan. Uh, yeah, once again, thank you, Evan, for writing into our lowly program uh, for you know someone to to take time out of their busy schedule. Something we always appreciate. Um, you were that whole thing. I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I timed it out uh, a couple from, times. I'm like, and it's from the actual dev. I think that yeah. gives it a little bit more weight. All right, um, all right. Also, I think he, um, I think he makes pretty fair, cr fair critiques of our critique. Sure. Um, um, so the tutorialization, I like, so we got this email a while back. I, I went and reopened it up. and like, did I just like totally skip the tutorial? Uh, and upon reopening the app, I was like furiously trying to figure out like, okay, I know it's in here somewhere. I seem to recall like this hidden memory of like doing a kind of tutorial. And I just first, I don't know if it's either my phone that I have. <laughs> this is probably one thing. Like I set all of my apps to never auto update because I hate when like a new update comes out and just screws up my podcast app or something. Um, but like I couldn't find the tutorial. Um, I like barely remember going through it at the beginning. Um, I think like the little guidebook in the upper right, once I knew that like that was a resource that I could lean on, it was it became helpful. Um, but it didn't seem like being able to revisit the tu tutorial once I had gone through it was something that was super easily accessible. Um yeah, I'm looking at it on my phone right now and I don't actually see how to get to a tutorial. You just enter the dungeon, you choose your hero, you go into the dungeon. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think so. Our I know that at least two of us had the problem of not understanding how the uh, investigate tool worked, mm -hmm. which was a huge source. I I didn't realize that fully until we were doing the podcast, and I think that was a huge, huge blow to my ability to understand what was going on at the game. Yeah. Um. And granted, I don't think I don't think any of us really put quite enough hours into the game to fully properly review it. Um, I mean, you were coming down with COVID at the time too, so I, I was coming down with COVID. <laughs> I'll 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 say that I was like in the beginning stages of delirium as we were recording the podcast, but uh, it's not really an excuse for not playing it in the two weeks I had before. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think there's an there's like an aspect of like how much. Like we're we're also like the three of us not mobile first gamers, and we just deliberately went down the path of like playing this on a mobile interface just to see what would happen. Um, so there might be like an element of like, oh, like 
we may have seen the tutorial and then we went back to YouTube or like Reddit or something, or actually not on Reddit, the mobile apps anymore, RIP. Uh, but, you know, our attention divided and just like not remembering that at all versus like on desktop, if we had the wiki open on another window. Yeah, I deliberately to... tried not to use my computer or the wiki at all yeah. because I wanted to be a what if I was playing this on a bus mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like swapping back and forth is not easy and uh, they have a tutorial guidebook but i don't feel like it was uh, i don't remember it being like quite fluid enough for me to understand I, and i'm sure that these are things that you could just learn over time yeah. if we played it more i'm sure that a lot of this stuff would become yeah but it's gotta be fun first it's gotta, it's gotta hook you <laughs> i mean like that's why we both are like a, you know a I, and I think that one of the other concerns, like two hours is how long I put into the game. And like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like you, if you're going to get me into the game, I, I it can't feel like a chore. And so like, I, maybe I would have learned all this stuff, but my goodness. But I, I'm guessing yeah. you probably don't have your Leeches app open on your phone for more than 10, 15 minutes at a time anyway. Right. Uh, that's right. I mean, I really don't even uh, do that much on my phone these days at all. I mean, like basically there's no gaming at all that happens on my phone. Well, when we cover our uh, Hyper Rogue and Hoplite episodes, you're going to be burning through that phone battery. Let me tell you. Uh, let's Pokemon Go. That's the exception, actually. Just to, to <laughs> point out, like that, I I was addicted to that for a long time. There you so, go. or a short while, I should say. Um, let's. Uh, yeah. So I think yeah. tutorial. Like, if it was if it was something I could easily revisit in like the guidebook, that might be helpful. Just to remember, like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, uh, and maybe like one or two more kind of like medium level slash advanced tactic stuff just to like sprinkle in like oh here's like some cool like high level stuff that you can do in the game to kind of like uh carrot my way along that like if if i had to make a request again open source i could just put those in myself and you know pray for the pr to go through um but uh let's 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 jump to story so um story i i definitely did see like the little notes scattered throughout the dungeon but i didn't think those really had to do with my character at all i thought those, thought those were just like some other character that was going through the dungeon i think one note that you pick up is like i've just started like guard duty in the city area or like uh, or the prison zone and boy i can't wait to see what happens and well i guess we all know how that goes but like um rift wizard a game that basically your your story is go and kill evil wizard like you boot that up and it's just like the first time you boot it up has a like literally just a black screen MS paint text on there that is strangely captivating because it's like, you know, welcome. You are a wizard, like welcome to the ruins of the universe or something like that. And I'm like, OK, tell me more. Like if there was like so, like it doesn't it doesn't need to be big or um or really like high production value of just like. You know, hey, here's a dungeon. There's like the sacred amulet at the bottom of it. It's important because blah. Oh, okay. Well, like Dungeons of Dreadmore, right? Like where right. it's like it is Dreadmore's. You got to kill Dreadmore, and like that's mm -hmm. you know bad bad dude. And again, like we're maybe splitting hairs here. We're like you know, some games don't need that element of deep story, but um, but that was just my kind of uh thought on it was like something something like. I didn't even know that the amulet of Yendor was in there, like until I looked through the wiki. And like, if I had known that was in there as someone who has kind of like that tribal knowledge of these, you know, history of roguelike games, like, oh, okay. Like that's my, that's my goal. 
Um, but again, kind of a kind of a, a minor point. Um, it is a bit odd, though. I mean, like that then an amulet. Like, I guess I mean there is the the one ring to rule. I mean, like you can have jewelry as like sure. the main quest item thing. But like when I think of something that's like truly epic, I think of the Triforce. I think mm-hmm. of like you know these. I don't know. A, a trinket is like a. Eh. I mean, maybe the well, it all stems the from lore, the maybe Simarils. Huh? <laughs> it all stems from the Simarils in whatever that first one was. Uh, when they're trying to get the Simarils of Lord of the Rings, Simarillion's lore. Oh, I remember? Yeah, yeah. You got into that. Oh, uh, what's the what's the one that uh, Children of Hurin? No, no, the one of the early roguelike games you're you're trying to oh, get some like, well, rogue, the titular rogue, your goal is to get the amulet of or get the staff of Rodney or something. No, there's the another one. But anyway, nerds. It's not Moria. I think the, the point I want to make here, though, is that show don't tell walls of text as a way of communicating story in video games are bad. Sure. And if if that's the medium that you have and that's who you want to work with, then um, uh, you minimize. <laughs> Ang band. Oh, minimize, but like make it make sense. Like give me like oh kill Dreadmore. Like okay, great. Get to the top. Get to the kill the heart. The slay the slay the spire. Okay, like simple goal. Like if you're not gonna have slay a wall the spire, text, well known for its deep lore and right. I mean, like, right. It's it's story. not it's not it's not super deep at all, and you yeah. just. You're left to wonder. There's a lot of things that are like, you know, left to wonder. Like, why is there this eternal whale? Why does he keep bringing yeah, you back? Yeah, we'll, you know? we'll, we'll get, if we'll I, get there. You know we'll what? If I, if I said that I cared about story in that podcast, I lied. I don't care about story. That doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, last point. Uh, this this might be its own, like, podcast episode in and of itself. Uh, if, if he added meta progression elements, it would change the genre of the game from a r- traditional roguelike to a roguelite. I yeah. again like I'm kind of out of my league here to debate with a game developer because I am not a game developer in the slightest. Um, but I don't think that this designation is explicitly true. Um, I don't yeah. think that like meta progression alone again, like I don't uh how much time we yeah. got. Uh we're an hour and 13 in. Uh we, we have time for another four hours, yeah. right? Uh yeah. Uh, so, so uh I think that we've been trying to figure out what we want to do for the one year thing. And I think that we shouldn't play a game at all. I think we should just try and figure out what a roguelike is because we haven't really talked about that. And I think we've been dancing around it for like eight months now of like, what is the genre of games that we're reviewing? Mm -hmm. Because most of them aren't at all like the game rogue. Like this is true. Traditional roguelikes. We have not played very many traditional roguelikes and to be fair, I think after having done this for 27 episodes now, I don't think I really like them that much. No, rogue lights or rogue like as as is described by um Yeah, uh, like we're Evan bad. Here? They're bad games. They're they're I, not very good fun. I'm though. not going to say that they're well, bad okay, games. Okay, okay, okay. So That's so, a, that's too strong. That's too right. strong. They're going to find you, Will. Uh, I think <laughs> they get sit I, on I just, attack, all right? I think just, they're not um I think they're a very specific genre of a larger genre of games that is the one that i truly want this podcast to be about and to review and i think that it's the rogue light is even still not a great term and i i think that it'd be interesting to like spend a whole episode delving mm-hmm. into like Rogue-ish what are games. the yeah what are the what are the things that make things a rogue like or a rogue fight club or like how how do you put a game like Shattered Pixel Dungeon and Slay the Spire and Stacklands in one category. Like, what is the thing that 
that binds them together. Because mm-hmm. it's not permadeath. It's not randomly generated dungeons. Like Stacklands is not. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, it's it's not. It's like I think I disagree with that point. We'll <laughs> revisit this at a, at a later date. But I think my my pithy statement is that all rogues are likes. Rogue light is not a thing, and that <laughs> they're they're like rogue likes now are a subgenre. In that previously it was like traditional roguelikes are now roguelike dungeon crawlers, and Ooh. you have roguelike platformers, roguelike this is why we need a shooters. Yeah, but so we'll we'll maybe do. A, I disagree a, with a, both of you for the sake of disagreeing, just so that we can have a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, a conversation. But like Tales of Majael has meta progression, Hyper Rogue has meta progression. There's plenty of traditional roguelikes that have meta progression. But anyway, we'll revisit that another time. We have a second email to go over uh from our good friend uh davian fuxa is the correct pronunciation i watched a stream of his uh at the fuxa plays on youtube he says hey Grogpod, kind of wish that you would put a little more time into playing shattered pixel dungeon but nonetheless <laughs> a good episode i can't say i disagree for where you ranked it uh where i took time to play uh shattered pixel dungeon myself i was initially not interested in it as it felt like just another traditional roguelike with fantasy theme. I came back to uh, to play this game in earnest after seeing mentions that over and over by people suggesting su- for suggestions of mobile roguelikes to play. My thoughts on the game is that it definitely is very entry is a very entry friendly roguelike. While it while it is a lot of the complexity of a veteran of the genre would expect to be present here, uh, it's still approachable enough for someone to be completely new to this style of game to pick up and play. That said, I don't think it's necessary to be doing anything notable or different that helps or set it apart from other traditional roguelikes either, outside of being made for mobile devices, which isolates it from storefronts like Steam, which suffer from a deluge of games tagged with roguelike or roguelite prefixes daily. I will know that when playing Shattered Pixel Dungeon, I wasn't so off-put by the lack of a story of just being thrown in the dungeon from the get-go. This is very reminiscent of Diablo, the first one, which didn't waste my time by letting you select a character and or didn't waste time... Uh, just letting you select a character and throwing you in you uh, headfirst into the game. There is a story, by the way. Uh, if you play through enough, you'll start picking up journal entries we talked about um, regarding backgrounds of those adventures and denizens of this place and their accounts of what happened. Also, your adventure is reason for delving into this dungeon simply to investigate what's going on below the settlement that the dungeon sits on. In relation to this game being on mobile devices, I consider it decent enough in terms of content and ease of picking up. It isn't. It isn't so lacking in t- content that I play through it a couple times that I'm done with it, yet it's so complicated that if I put it down and come and come back to it a day or two later, that I'm left scratching my head as to what I was doing. However, at the same time, this is also a game that after getting a few runs, I don't feel the need to come back to it. On PC, there isn't really any contest between this and other roguelikes. This one is quite inferior just to do just due to how much more work there is put into the Dungeon Crawl Stone Soups, Jupiter Hills, Caves, caves of Cuds, uh, or whatnot. Uh, at best, this is only trying to. Uh, the only thing this game has going for it is perhaps it's simpler to play than a lot of those other traditional roguelikes. Agreed. But if someone was looking for an entry level type game on PC, there's still a lot of others to titles to rattle off. Figured I'd share these thoughts with someone with uh, something to touch on as to follow up to last week's episode. Cheers, Davian. Woo. Um. Yeah, I think our we didn't really put a whole lot of time into it uh but i also don't want this podcast to feel like homework for my my co-hosts so if a game like doesn't initially grab us i think that's okay um maybe it's maybe we're just having an off week maybe we're coming down with covid or had other stuff to do 
I think if a game does have that kind of like magnetic lightning moment, it will it will pull us out of whatever uh, stupor that we're in and demand our attention of it. And it's okay for a game to not do that. Maybe it will do that later on. Um, but yeah, I think for the few hours that we put in on desktop, at least uh, the 10th percentile of people who play Shattered Pixel Dungeon on Steam is like six hours. And the median playtime is like 24 hours. And the 90th percentile playtime for Shattered Pixel Dungeon on Steam is 535 hours. So yeah. it can get deep. Uh, but again, like if I if think it's have... just, I, I, none of us are, I mean, Scott, maybe you a little bit, but I don't play games on my phone ever. I don't have a place where I would do that, that I don't also have my supremely superior dual screen, large <laughs> PC in front of me. It's uh, like, well, I could play it on my phone that has it's the size of my hand or i could play it on a giant monitor with a keyboard and a mouse or a it's it's an inferior form factor Hmm. so i haven't i don't have the ability to rate this against it on on its own merits really i'm rating against other games that have far superior input technology if i spend a lot of time on a bus if i was playing mobile games and other places i think this would be a, a a better ranked game or or more a game that satisfied a need for me more mm-hmm. and i kind of wanted even in, even when we were doing that episode i was, i felt like it almost needed its own category of like yeah here it is all ranked all games but it's like probably a good mobile game it's probably good for playing on mobile sure yeah i mean what uh, if we get another uh, few mobile games uh, under our belt, maybe for end of uh, end of calendar year shenanigans uh, in the Super Bowl style like tournament playoff thing I have in my head, maybe it'll make it a reappearance there. But regarding uh, like inferior, I don't know that I would say Shattered Pixel Dungeon is inferior to some other roguelikes. I would possibly say it's it's better because I I did try to put in a few hours into Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. And boy, if there was ever a game that would be impossible to get you two to play and enjoy, it would be this one that like maybe maybe me just saying that is is enough of a challenge. But like the I, mean, I own Caves of Cud. I mean, yeah, like what, Caves 71 of Cud, minutes into it. Caves of Cud has its own very interesting aesthetic. We haven't gotten to Jupiter Hell yet, but it's on the to-do list. Um Pixel Dungeon, I think, is is great in that intro streamlined experience. Like I don't care about a randomized dungeon that's like 50 miles wide per se unless like you know we're going for the theme there but i think it's it's maybe the best gateway drug to the traditional roguelike dungeon crawling genre that's and that's you can maybe, play it on a phone and you can play it I don't on a phone think you, too. i don't think you could do for most other dungeon crawlers well not uh, easily at least our but. our uh yeah there, there's uh you can play Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead on a phone, believe it or not. I have no idea why on earth you would do that, but you can do that. Um, yeah, so I think like um, the the feedback that we got from our Shattered Pixel Dungeon was passionate. I think partially it was my Mia culpa for posting that episode in the Pixel Dungeon Discord. <laughs> uh, be like, hey, yeah. everyone, we reviewed the game, and then we just <laughs> dunked on it for an hour and a half. Uh, get wrecked noobs but also like uh nobody blew their wig off when uh when will dumped on cogmind so you know that's because he was wrong 
and they well, knew that, it was I, I'm pretty sure all the feedback I received was that's reasonable, that's reasonable, that's reasonable. But I don't know that's yeah, just yeah. my memory, maybe. But Will is also our our curb your enthusiasm uh, character, Larry David, on the show. So, uh, so I think he gets a pass on that one. Um, I, I I just want to say this: let's never do mobile games. I just I, <laughs> the phone is meant to play chess, and that's it. And uh, and well, maybe that's Pokemon why Go. <laughs> that's why you would I think you would really like like it's free. You can download it right now. Will Hoplite. It's it's literally like uh, chess night hopping puzzles, but with roguelike elements. Rather do chess tactics. Okay, that's I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But Magic Survival, the precursor to Vampire Survivors, is a mobile game. Um, I think like I'm on a mission that we we could find something. Slice and Dice is also a mobile. There's stuff there that is good that we just haven't played yet, I think. And I think I could convince you of that. So all that said and done, winding down the episode finally, uh if you want to if you want to write in a lengthy email to us and have it have us uh Yeah, apparently we us, read those out in full. I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I had thought about abridging it and putting a note in, but you know, I delayed it for so long. Grogpodzone at gmail.com is the place to send your hate mail. Uh, we're on Mastodon, Grogpod at gamedev.place. Grogpod.zone is the website, which Dun, 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 dun. Now you can find a fan request form on the contact oh. us page. Uh, spam that with your suggestions for what we should play, and uh, we'll put it up as a as a fan request week into our schedule. So that, that are we way... on Threads? By the way, is what are we on Threads? <laughs> yeah, uh, Scott, are we on Threads? Yeah, you're our social you know, media manager here. Uh, I mean, don't you how... want to give? How much do we value? How much do we value our personal privacy? Is the question? Oh yeah, none, I'm, I'm, no, don't do it, please don't. I I, I think <laughs> we're on too much as it is. I mean, uh-huh. all, all the things. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll look into it. If there's enough of a drive from our uh millions of followers, followers yeah, yes, yeah, uh, then then we can think about it. But uh, but yeah, go go to the contact us uh page on grogpod.zone. Uh, there's a link there for the submit what you want us to cover for our fan request week get your deadline get those in before august 1st which is our deadline uh i have a backup plan in case nobody submits anything but um but yeah we'll see we'll see how that pans out i'll put a link in the in the show notes as well for anyone that's actually still listening to this program um colin finally uh what's what's our game that we're playing next week or next time every two is it is it Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead? It is the one, yes. Okay, good. I was I was like, I think that's what we're doing next. I think that's the thing I picked. Yep. And I think that's next week. Yes. Uh, I don't really know that much about that game. I've just seen it before, and it looks janky as hell, and I love it. Um, I, I don't know if I'll actually like it, but I'm excited yeah. to play it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. I've been doing a lot of... Uh journalistic research for the grog pod because we we have high standards here uh and getting getting uh some interview uh feedback from uh the the open source community of developers for that game as well as the person who is managing that game on steam so lots of lots of interesting things to explore there i think uh there will be a lot of a lot of good discussion on on that topic for open source game development but uh but yeah ne- uh, join us next time for our episode on cataclysm dark days ahead uh but in the meantime 
to play us out from this episode will be the soothing sounds that greet you to our wonderful family. You look a little parched from that portal that you've just come through. Come, join us in the temple. We have some freshly brewed flavor aid waiting for you. 